0: Gaming MBS, episode 205, coming to you Wednesday, August 22nd, 2018. You're muted, Brett.
1: I I just, I was so enraged at the sound of your voice. I just, (laughs) I didn't know what to do.
0: Brett comes off one of those up-north weekends, and he's all just I
1: I don't want to be back in civilization, man. I kind of like being where there's very little stuff sometimes. Just a mess. Anyway, glad everyone's back. How you doing, Sean? Doing fantastic, Brett. Thanks for asking. That's awesome. I did not have to go to work today, so I was really happy. I had the Monday off, so...
0: aren't you special.
1: I broke my lawnmower, so I had to go buy a new one. That sucked. That's no good. Yeah, that's no good at all. It was old. It had kind of had its it on its last legs this season. I wasn't sure if it would make it, and it didn't. <sighs> oh well. But enough of that crap, because that's the very, very boring. If you got anything cool, what'd you do? Any cool thing? I, I gamed with my son and my daughter this weekend.
0: I uh, I did not. I mean, the coolest thing I did was
1: take my mother to lunch. That's pretty damn cool, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. I live in
0: the I live in the fast lane.
1: Gotta respect mom. Right. That's good stuff. Yeah. All right. So I guess we should get right into announcements then, since we're just going to talk about <laughs> about families and other, right. other non gaming crap. <clears throat> so, Queen City Conquest coming up very fast, September 7, 8, 9. I will be there. Tom Flanagan from night to night. Let's see. Um, Chris Nizek, of course, misdirected Mark, folks. We got uh, Andy will be there. Tons of really cool people. So, Kevin will be there. So, it'll be a lot of fun. And I'm sure. Plenty of other people who I'm completely, completely neglecting to name are going to be there. So it's one of those small local cons in Buffalo, New York. Check it out. Link in the show notes. If you can make it and you're in the area, it would be great to see you. It sounds like a who's who of who should be there. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of, let's see, Angela Murray's there. We've got uh, John Arcadian is there so we got a, a host of gnomes from the gnome stew that's always fun which means if john is there that means i'm going to try to see if i can get aj in on a Tarask game to see if aj can fight and kill the Tarask. following his father's footsteps last time i was in Q- Q- qcc i killed the trask let's see if the boy can top his old man some big shoes to fill there junior actually he's got pretty big feet so <laughs> oh, okay he's a skinny kid with big toes Anyway. Eh? Um, GameHoleCon, anything new on GameHoleCon, Sean? You got any more games you're putting in? How many are you running? What are you doing? Did you buy your badge?
0: I bought my badge. Good. I only have one game submitted so far. I don't, you know if do... I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to enter another one.
1: I've got two. I am going to do some... I'm definitely going to make myself available for some... Running Avalon off book. So I know I've got a couple people that have... Talk to me about, hey, if you could do that, that'd be really cool. So I'll have some pre-gens and, <laughs> excuse me, i got a couple of adventure ideas and such that I will be more than happy to roll out for folks. So hopefully we can get that done, too. Uh, da, 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 da. Anyway, GameHoleCon.com. If you haven't heard us talk about this this before, this is probably the first time you're listening to us. And that means two things. One, welcome, and two, we'll get your ass to GameHoleCon. It's in Madison, Wisconsin. It's freaking awesome. It's the first part in November. GameHoleCon.com. Evercon, of course, my little gaming convention my hometown, evercon.org, evercon.org. Our submissions are open. I just heard from Corey Wynn, one of our uh, friends and followers and supporters of the show. He is going to run some more games, going to bring his brothers, his kids. They always have a really good time, so they were there last year, and uh, they'll be back. And will be running some kick-ass games, too. So More people are showing up to run some more games, so it should be a lot of fun. Anything else, Sean? Any more announcements? No all right then let's random encounter it up
0: all right random encounter all right we got to start off with a little audio for mr joe swick oh i sit back and enjoy
2: hey guys papa swick here chiming in on a couple of recent episodes uh let's see episode 202 you guys are talking about rolling starting characters my method for D&D 5e, at least, or at least D&D in general, has been roll 4d6, drop the lowest die, and do it 7 times, and drop the lowest score. Uh, that's at least for a level 1 character. For player dies, I usually do 4d6, drop the lowest, and do it 6 times and assign them as needed. Um, why are these my methods? People want to be better than like a level 0 character, and as PCs, for the most part, they should be. I mean, the game is their story in these instances, at least when I run D&D. If I switch to, say, a World of Darkness game, like I've done recently, Go V20, uh, then I'd make sure that my overall plot is still going on, and it's up to the player to interact with the numerous plot hooks I've laid out for them. Um, Because in those types of games, I tend to let the meta plot uh, continue, and you are interacting in its world, as opposed to being more shaped that I would run in a and d campaign where the focus is purely on the player characters. Um, and this might be a great topic for you guys. Does the story ever take center stage over the players in your games? And where do you draw the line between the players changing the world and the world affecting the players? Um, maybe that's not the right way to bring up the topic. Maybe I'm I'm reaching on there, but at least it gives you a basis for a possible topic. Jumping over to episode two hundred four, uh, you got the voicemail from Blake Ryan. Uh, Brett, I take some exception to your comment about Blake's vampire experience, where he botched a lot his first encounter, and the other players or the other characters calling him a loser. If it's all in character, I think it's okay, and that it gives the character an in-game hurdle to to get over, uh, you know, to win back those other players, and it's character development to me. After that, uh, if it's, I mean, if it's Player is actually calling them a loser, then yeah, there's a problem, but then it depends on the group. I have a guy in my group who just rolls like complete crap all the time, and it's a joke, you know. Hey, we rolled like Kevin, you know, so it's, it's it depends on your group. Um, but if they're really vehement about it, yeah, dick move, guys. You had Jonah write in or on what do new players get hung up on the most? You guys start talking about. Players getting caught up in a multitude of actions. I want to go in the room, pick up a body, and throw it out of the room, and pick up an item, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that I've had, and I've had that problem in my games, when a player tries to push the rules to move X distance, do something, move more distance, and on and on and on in one turn. And in game mechanics, I fo- game mechanics aside, where it says they should be able to do that, I focus on one thing, and that is the definition of a turn or a round or whatever it is in your game. D&D 5e, it's a six-second round six seconds if you compile compound all the actions purely with game mechanics sure like a, a player should be able to do certain things but it may take longer than a six second round like picking up a body of dead weight picking it up and getting to a position where you can throw it and then throwing it being sure you're going to be trying to throw it out of a room that might be it i mean six seconds max if that I mean, that might take two rounds just to get the body up might take six seconds because then again, you're talking about a body. Maybe it's a fighter uh, who's wearing plate armor and he's got a lot of weight on him. Uh, so that's going to take longer. At any rate, gentlemen, great show as always. And uh look forward to hearing more episodes soon.
1: You know, Joe, that made sense. I feel like I'm talking directly to him because I just heard his voice. The um... – the piece around calling someone a loser, yes. If it was in character, it was characters ribbing another character? Perhaps I think yes, that is a possible that that would be okay. I did take it as somebody was picking on Blake as a person, a person just being a asshole about it. So your point is indeed uh, indeed valid there. Good point, sir. Sean, anything else to add to that one? Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> Good stuff though, man. Yeah, 6
0: seconds, man. 6 second rule. So when a player character hits the ground, he's still edible, right?
1: Well, it depends how the monster wants to eat him. 6 second rule. 6 second rule. Just pick it up. Whew, blow the character off, shove him in your craw, off you go. That's right. <laughs> I do like I do like the idea though of having some The piece of getting caught up around multiple actions, trying to do a whole bunch of shit all at once. I like that kind of concept saying, look, you have X amount of time to do something in. That's it. What do you think you, you could get away with given that? That's cool. Very good. All right, man, you ready to read? I'm ready to read. Then you can start.
0: Thomas emails us on episodes 204 and 107. Hello, my dude and his holiness. Hey, my dude. His holiness, nice. So I went back and listened to show 107 inspired by Reese Monster's email. Uh I also listened to 108 SideQuest, which was a great show. Anyway, I felt you guys covered evil parties pretty well. The biggest problem with evil parties is mostly be mostly mm, parties is mostly people just play a party of assholes. Yeah pretty much, man. It's a free ticket to ride on the asshole train. Hey, somebody Somebody say say train? train? All aboard the asshole train. Uh, Let's see. The biggest issue is most of us can't really understand evil. Oh, Brett,
1: can you understand evil? A little bit.
0: Metallica can understand evil. I've got Actually, five. I've got
1: five kids. I've seen evil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you look back into history at people we we call evil, like Hitler or the serial killers that hit the headlines, none of us can understand what makes these people do the things they do. Some people are fascinated by these people. That's why there are things like serial serial killer trading cards, which is something else I don't understand. So most often, people classify this behavior of killing, torturing, or cannibalizing other people as insanity, when maybe these behaviors are what evil looks like. We can't use these simple game alignments to pigeonhole people, so therefore, when we build PCs with depth and story, it can be frustrating for players to try and cram their PCs into these simplistic terms. Well, I was thinking of applying for the job of deacon in the Church of Brett, His Holiness, but since it's the year of the Kelly, I think I'll just stay a regular dude. May the 20s be many and the ones be few. Thomas
1: at Beholder's Horde. Nice, Thomas. Am I evil? Yes, yes, I am. We learned this from Metallica. That's right. <laughs> so, hmm. The So this has kind of come back then, the, the evil parties concept and playing evil and feeling pigeonholed by alignment. Alignment is one of those perennial topics I think, Sean, and I could... Bring up every couple months and take another whack at it. I don't know if we're ready to do that quite yet or not. I think having played some old school games, played Five E, and just kind of looking at alignment how it's changed over the years is always interesting. Um, but I do, I do think Thomas may be onto something. You know, it's kind of hard to we say, "Hey, we're going to play evil." Sometimes people just go full asshole mold, and sometimes they're like, "I don't really know what evil is, other than." being a killing, torturing, cannibalizing asshole. So I'm going to go that way. You know, if not, not really understanding what evil is, per se. Could be hard. Good point, Thomas. Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> what have we got here? Ah, Crimfan comes back on us on episode 204. What up, my dudes? You're stuck with it. Um, Nice. <laughs> Regarding things that trip up new players, 5e has a substantial amount of potentially confusing terminology often introduced by unnecessary... Polysemy, the same word with multiple meanings. <laughs> I could say that about D&D in general. Level, the word level itself. You Level down is good, up is bad in some cases, and vice versa. Anyway, similarly are words that have unusual or discordant meanings to ordinary usage. You guys highlighted bonus action, which seems inconsistent. Bonus seems to imply you're getting something you normally wouldn't have. But the thing is, everybody has a bonus action, at least in theory. Minor action would, in my opinion, have been much better. D&D has always had issues with this. For instance, with spell level. I he's hitting on the level piece. Spell oh, level God. and character level. Not That's really that. having anything to do with each other, except in 4E where power level and character level lined up.
0: I could not, for the frickin' life of me, growing up, understand <clears throat> that shit. Okay, so let me get this straight. I am a third level wizard, but I can't cast the third level spell. No, no, it doesn't work like that. Um... Okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, but you you can't understand descending armor class either. So your your opinion is rather invalid on this point here. The simplest of things confuses you. <laughs> <laughs> Look on your face. That was where, awesome. where am I? <laughs> what am I doing here? I don't understand. Anyway, crumphy continues. One thing that helped. <laughs> Helps there would be use of a term like, <coughs> excuse me, spell circle or something else, which keeps things distinct and might actually be something that exists in the game. I guess level could exist too, but by keeping a term that exists essentially completely in the rules, character level, this helps avoid confusion. Unfortunately, 5e introduced unnecessary new um, palisemi. Poly- um, consider that a core class feature, Bardic Inspiration, has the same name as a poorly implemented personality mechanic. Personality mechanic, reward, inspiration—they are mechanically yeah. distinct and, in my experience, very easily confused. Often, these are signs of somewhat rough, uh, rough thinking on the part of the designers. Potential show topic: Would 5e benefit from a revision? Oh God, no. It um, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I think <laughs> I think so. As a number of rough spots, but having you guys debate it would be interesting. You know, Crim Fan, that is—it is interesting when you play a game. We play games long enough, Sean and I talked about this a little bit when we talked about the things that hang people up. Is it's very, very easy for us to go, I know what that is, and kind of just push it aside. I know what they mean now. Jokes aside, you know when we were kids learning a thing, and how come on third level but can't cast their level to Sean's, uh, you know, to Sean's uh, example? It was indeed something that a lot of us the first time through went, what? That don't? Why don't the two level up together? Why don't they make sense? So, <coughs> excuse me, having that. But now that discordant concept, we're past it, right? We've been playing for twenty plus years, ten years, eight years, three years, even even a year in you're over it, you get it. That doesn't mean though that we uh should just assume like I jokingly in gave Sean, what kind of idiot are you blah 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 it, it's it, it's hard to write rules that are very, very concise and clear and throw out tons of different terms and verbiage and so on and so forth, so I think it's I think it's definitely. It's definitely interesting. It might be worth a talk, Sean, what he's talking about here. I don't know if I want to talk about a revision of 5e, though. Maybe. We well, yeah, could. man.
0: We should start that. Probably start that.
1: We should start that. We'll start that. Oh,
0: yeah, we'll start it on the next episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to rewrite 5e. 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 We're going to start on episode 206. Don't do that. <laughs> we're going to clear shit up. Like It will be impossible
1: not to be able to play the game correctly. Well, yeah, if they just did it the way I told them to, it would be much easier. Exactly, and that's what we're going to do, Brett. <laughs> Look, this is how it fucking works, because I said so, that's why. Bonus action. Yeah. No, that's too too ambiguous. No, you get to move when I tell you you can. That's much easier.
0: Well, there is something to be said with just empowering Brett to do
1: whatever the hell he wants. Well, I'm just going back to the way I was raised by my father, and that would be very helpful. <laughs> Look, you can do this when I tell you to. All right. <laughs> Makes things easier in some cases. Anyway, Krim fan, as always, good stuff there. Um, I like the idea I like what you're bringing up there is some of the different confuse, confusing points and different dissimilar and discordant words that seem very seem to be similar, but have such drastically different meanings sometimes. Especially when you compare it from somebody who's coming from a non-gaming background who has an ordin- <clears throat> an ordinary use and understanding of what the word means. They walk into a gaming circle and they go, wow, this word level doesn't mean at all what I think it means. So very, very good points. Over to you, Sean.
0: All right. Just some Michael Drescher chimed in with an email to us. Uh, by the general's hand is awesome. And huge thanks to Todd Crapper for inspiring me to make my own version that incorporates Apocalypse World elements into his design. It's not up for sale. Out of respect to Todd but it's tentatively called written wars while game Hold con probably won't happen. EverCon is much more likely. It will be doubly awesome because January 4th is his birthday. Great show as always. So little recognition to Mr. Crapper and how he has influenced another individual in the gaming sphere. So Todd, you should be, should be honored with Mr. Dresher's, uh, I guess adaptation
1: maybe. Well, first. Michael's no slouch when it comes to gaming. You talk to no. Michael in person, you <clears throat> read what he says to us, and while we've had private discussions with him and so forth at, at Game Hole Con. <clears throat> Dude's into games. He knows his shit, so that's really cool. So that's yeah. that is indeed high praise to Mr. Crapper. Very cool.
0: Yes, very high praise, I think.
1: All right, let's get into the main topic, Brett.
0: Well, off we go. Yeah, come on, man. Hit that damn button. Alright, Brett. So. So what I wanted stop, to talk about. Stopped caring <laughs> what the rules are at the table. The rule book is just
1: holding you back, man. Hmm. I've tried very hard to stop saying no. More yes and, or at worst, no but. I'd also like to say they stopped coming on to my fellow players, but as we know that's never gonna happen. I like to flirt. Stefan. Stefan. <laughs>
0: Interesting. I find that thinking of missing things is always harder than evaluating things in front of you. In other words, if I said, what furniture do you have in your house, you would start rattling off a list. If I said, what kinds of furniture do you not have in your house, you have to stop and think to get each one. Uh, armoire? Hot tub? Is that furniture? Uh, china cabinet? No, wait, I guess we have one of those. Anyway, thinking about stuff no longer do... And why I don't is pretty interesting.
1: Or using words slash phrases, you know, and basically.
0: Stop being a fan of what I believe the plot should be and started being a fan of the players and the plans they come up with. That was a long and painful process and it takes experience to be able to handle it well at the table. But damn, it has been worth it.
1: Used to use miniatures, but just go with a the theater of the mind since half my games are online. Most days I feel like
0: the thing I used to do but stopped is having rules mastery. I ran slash played AD&D when the Hackmaster spinoff off of it for probably about 20 years. Now I try new things all the time. Uh, the new Hackmaster, Knights Black Agents, Trail Cthulhu, Blades in the Dark, so on. So I think uh, Manuel nailed it. Don't write a plot, follow the players. That was a big one for me
1: as well. So, Brett, what are these guys talking about? Well, what they're talking about is what I wanted to talk about, about things we don't do anymore. You know, basically, you look back, and uh, kind of as one of our uh, listeners said, and that would be Mr. Ryotis, it's hard to think about this stuff sometimes. And one of the things that's hit me is ha- being more of a player now, I'm looking at some of the things that I like. I mean, I still run plenty of games, but I've been playing a lot more than I have lately. And looking at things and how I would do things differently and, and so on, I start looking backwards saying, why isn't why am I not having fun right now? Why is this not as enjoyable as it could be? What am I not doing? And I started poking backwards saying, "Oh, I used to do X when I was a player. I'm not doing that right now. I'm forcing myself to be, you know, the lead of the party. Why the fuck am I doing that? I am not the lead of the party. I can let other people do that. I lead for a living in my day job. I don't need to do that right now. Let's let other people do that."
0: That's um brett's way of saying i've been a control freak all my life and i don't have to be a control freak in every aspect of my life and it's only taken me over 40 years to to relinquish that and it's probably been a little torturous
1: i I don't even like you talking about that without my (laughs) approval
0: Hey, watch this, everybody! I'll mute Brett. That's how. Oh, that's how. You. That's how control works around you. here, ladies and gentlemen. You dick. Oh my God! Brett's not running shit on this. This mother.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for all the talk I have of being in control, especially when it comes to this podcast, Sean could replace my voice with Arnold and the Chipmunks,
0: and I would never know until I listened to the episode.
1: He's making a note right now: Arnold and Chipmunks. So, Sean, I want to talk about things that's changed in our gaming style, specifically what we've stopped doing, uh, why we choose either not to do them, or maybe we've got something we should bring back. You know, that hey, I used to do this, it was a lot of fun, why the hell am I, aren't I doing that anymore?
0: Oh, man, the list, Brett. I don't know how long we got.
1: We we've got, got to, maybe,
0: a little time. We got, little we've time. got another maybe 15, 20 minutes, but I, I don't think I'm going to be able
1: to fit it in. Well, why don't you start? Get on the couch. Oh. Tell them what you've done wrong. Holy what are what cow, aren't you man. doing anymore, Sean?
0: Well, first of all, I'm not sitting back like a like a pansy ass. I'm like more taking a firmer stance in my games, whether I'm playing or running. You serious? No, no. <laughs> well, kind, kind of, kind
1: of, <laughs> kind of. Uh, no, I'm not. Were you more, not. were you more passive previously? Like, oh, well, you know, whatever the group wants, type of thing.
0: No, um, you know what? I think. I mean, I've grown up a little bit, I'd have to say, and I grew up with some some pretty extensive personalities that have gamed and knew gaming much more than I did. So I think growing up, I was probably a little bit more, you know, I'm going to sit back and let the caller do their thing and maybe weigh in on what I was going to do as a player character. Now, nowadays, you know, I'm, I'll am i look at a game group and go, all right, what, what are you motor scooters doing? What's going on? So I think even as a player, going to a game master is a pretty big one.
1: Yeah, it is absolutely. I mean, I, I look back at how I used to play, and back in the day, we all argued with the DM. <clears throat> That's what you did. That's kind of how we did it.
0: Oh, I still <laughs> my game group that I do monthly yo, is still doing that. And um, when I <laughs> now on, when somebody when come on man. Now come on, I, man! Hey, man! Come when on! I, when man. I hear too much of that, now
1: I stomp on that shit because I'm like, stop! Let's just move yeah. along.
0: I had to leave the last session. It was funny. I'm like, all right, here is the deal. Like, I had, a, I think it was an encounter or something, or it was an end of the game, or there were certain conditions that were occurring, and I said, all right, here, here is what's going on. Here's where you guys are, are, are standing. Let me make sure I'm right. Are we good? Is everybody good with what I just outlined? Is this what we're all envisioning? Because I don't want any double talk after the fact. Like, whoa, wait a minute, man. I never said I was in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually a thing I stopped doing. That's exactly how my buddy Jeff sounds. I'm like dead on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's a comedian's De Niro right there. Right there, perfect. Yeah, yep.
1: I have, um, that is a thing that as a game master, I stopped doing was assuming where anybody was. I, I have a tendency to say, okay, so if I am clear, because everybody <laughs> says their shit, <clears> right. you are doing X, you are doing Y, you're jumping off the balcony, and while he's doing that, which you knew he was going to do, you also want to try to tackle the bad guy. Right? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. All right, then. Off we go. And, are, you um, sh- are you sure? Then it's like, hold on a second. <laughs> oh, that well, breaks. And the reason I'm asking are you sure is not so much as to save the – characters bacon but just like look i'm telling you a collision is imminent and whatever i mean you know diving off the thing or whatever it is there's a collision the impact or something i'm like look are you fucking paying attention to the words that are coming out of my mouth <laughs> <clears throat> okay good you got it all right off we go let's roll them and see how it goes <clears throat> so sean um as a i already mentioned this as a player one of the things i've stopped doing was trying to be in charge of the group and i think some of that comes from being a game master for so long, I have a tendency to make sure things are moving in the direction that I think they need to go. And also, again, from my day job, I'm in charge of a department of people. So very often yes, when I'm in we're in
0: there, Yes, Brett. We know you lead people. Yes. No, okay. but that
1: it's similar to you know when you know, you're a recruiter guy. And, I, and I've seen you turn it on when you're talking to people. Like, hey, so what do you do? Where are you at? Happy with that job? Yeah. <laughs> I watched you do it. It's funny. I don't know,
0: I don't know what you're talking about,
1: but that's a thing that I that I'm like. I don't want to do that. I want to sit back and have a good time. My buddy Star Wars game. I am a, a absolute supporting character. I'm going different places. My character is actually in love with another player character, and he's following her around because it just seems like the right thing to do. He wants to make sure she's safe and blah blah blah. Very foolish. <laughs> this romance is not going to work out for him in the in the end run. But anyway. I don't want to be the guy in charge. I don't want to drive the plot. And my game master, Nick, was a little like, are you having fun? Are you bored? No, I'm fine, dude. You don't seem to be like diving in. I don't want to dive in. That is that is for them to do. There's three other people at the table. They can absolutely go and do that. I will support them wherever they want to go. That's the guy I made, and that's how I want to game it. I can do the, hey, I'm in charge thing. I've done it before but it's a thing that I don't want to bring out all the time. That used to be the only trick in my player bag was to pull out and be the guy who was in charge all the time.
0: Just grab everybody else's character. Give me that, damn. Give me, Give me, that. me that. that. Give me that. that. Give me that. Where's your dice? Give me your what, dice. What is okay, wrong with me. you? Here. This guy's got a hold on. 15, 14, 8, 5. There. That's it. Yes. Done. There we go.
1: Done. So what Bill do you need? C- what else you need, Game Master? We should get Bill Cavalier in the room and have him <laughs> tell everybody about it. game. <laughs> I think he's um, <laughs> loosened up over the years. Probably has. He's gone soft. <laughs>
0: he has. His we'll workout,
1: tell him, eh. We'll tell him that when we see him at game hall.
0: Yeah, that'll probably knock me out.
1: Probably. Soft, eh? <laughs> Boink. <laughs> Dewey. Konk. Anyway, um. so, Sean, what, as a game master or a player, is there anything else, if you look back, that you stopped doing and a reason why?
0: So I tend to let characters do... A little more. I do. I do try to incorporate the yes and. I mean, a conscious effort of doing yes and. Although my player characters could be. Like what? Like more like huh? What instead of yes and? Like are you, huh? What? Are you kidding me? Really? Huh, <laughs> huh? Huh? What? That should be the. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get that on a shirt.
2: Oh huh, what?
0: Not yes. It's not yes and. It's huh <laughs> what in my group?
1: <laughs> really? Are you sure? Those are the two questions. Huh, what? I have, um, when it comes to that, as a game master, I used to, and I think I mentioned this ages back, I used to tell people, especially when I ran Vampire or Call of Cthulhu or whatever, make whatever character you want, I will fit it into the story. Which Oh, was... Mr. <clears throat> Boxer fan. Yeah, so I'm like, oh my god, this is that is stupid. This is making a shit <laughs> ton of work for myself. And um, things are, uh, you know, tied together with dental floss. This is just a really bad idea here. I don't even have Bailey wire and bubble gum. I'm down at dental floss. Not even a good dental floss. The cheap shit they give you at the dentist. But anyway. I hate that stuff. Point is, is I used to do that. And I think there is a flavor of it that I've been tempted to bring back. And that is, I've usually been more prescriptive saying, all right, if you're going to make a character for this campaign, it should be within these parameters. I think I can loosen up my parameters a little bit and have people give them concepts and ideas saying, hey, stay within this little box-ish thing, you know, low walls on the fences and whatever, and then do the character review. And part of this comes down to another thing that I do sometimes, but I'm not doing enough. And we used to do session zeros all the time, all the time. And we've stopped doing it, and I don't know why. And that was, a, that was a piece that's kind of come back to me like, huh, If it's why aren't we? And I started digging into it and digging into it, and I'm like, you know, when we're ever playing a game that we know the rules for, everyone's like, ah, I don't need a session zero. I know how to make this character. I don't need your help. Don't have to hold my hand. I got this. When, in fact, the session zero has a lot more to it than just like, hey, how do I use the rules? Make sure I'm not cheating. Make sure I'm doing things appropriately. Make sure I've spent my points. We all whatever. There's a lot more to it. There's a cohesiveness that builds when the characters are doing all the stuff in in sessions zero. We've talked about this many times, but I think that's a piece that has stopped. I need to bring that back in, even if the players and I know the game system really well. I still think we need to have the session zero. I think it's important. Confession. Yes.
0: Uh, forgive me, Father, for I do not do session zero. It has been. It has been. Four years since my last Session Zero. Wow. I don't think it's been that long. But this recent go, I mean, I set up a Facebook group, said we're going to run Tomb of Annihilation. Everybody can have up to two characters apiece. It's all going to be, um, I think I went with, oh, uh, not point by. Maybe point by? I don't remember, but it wasn't like roll. And that was kind of it. And I think going to what you were saying, Brett. I mean, these guys I know, like they're gonna, they're not strangers. Um, some of the conflicts that may come into play is just gonna be par for the course. Like if they go at each other, hey man, that's that's okay. Like it, it's not a group that doesn't know each other well enough. There's one, there's one outsider, but he, even after session one or two for him, which would be his first session. You know, he kind of gelled with everybody. But I still, there, the thing is, is that I also, I'm, I'm going on a rant here, ramble. Not a rant, but a ramble. I also think that some of my players don't aren't really playing their character that great. Uh, I'll okay. You, I'll give you an example. So I have a paladin in the party, and I've got two necromancers. <laughs> Fred is, Fred is, Fred is shaking his head huh what yeah huh (laughs) yeah not yes and huh what yeah so I mean even somebody called it out on the Google Plus forum where I took a picture of my GM screen and across the top of the GM screen is everybody's name race class AC passive perception and then player name and I think it was Forrest to Gary actually Forrest was like oh man a necromancer and a paladin in the same party ooh that'll be interesting and it hasn't even hasn't even been broached man
1: nobody cares
0: well one of my player characters who's playing one doesn't want anybody to know he's playing one.
1: Oh, uh, okay okay so
0: i put it on one and he's like i'm not a necr- necromancer I'm like nobody cares dude just nobody cares it's written on your card it doesn't matter who cares just play it see he's going down low right on the uh, down low nobody yeah. knows who i am i'm i'm he's doctor gloom okay hmm so anyways, session zero. You don't do it. I should probably be- bring it back. I think if I started up a campaign, <clears throat> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I've been talking about running uh, one for maybe a couple people that we know online. Mm-hmm. I say, hey, it's AD&D rules, first level. Going to go through level one, Sinister Secret Assault Marsh, Make up, makeup characters. We're gonna talk. We're gonna meet on Wednesday at seven o'clock on roll Twenty. Be ready to ready to run. I don't know.
1: Do I need to get in all that other stuff? Stuff? Eh, yeah, I, don't I don't know. So I think I, I think the um, the key is is it, now for something like that. I look at that and say like uh, I get value out of it, and my group gets value out of it because when I do have it, I find <laughs> that the games are the games go along a hell of a lot better. People are already have some concept of who each other is at the table, not just as a, as you know the players, but as the characters. Like, oh yeah, you're the guy with the dark secret. You're the person who's got this. You're the gal whose mom you know is the mad sorceress who lives in the tower. Okay, cool. We got all that. We're we're good with that. And I found that when I do that, the players then their PCs help each other out. More often, even if it's just a player to another saying, oh, my God, sounds like your mom's after us. You know, oh, my God, Oh, well, maybe it is my mom. You know, then everybody kind of comes comes in together.
0: Your, so, mom's,
1: your mom's after you. Your mom's after you, man. You got to go home. <laughs> um, so I found that that's one of the reasons why, when I look back at it, I haven't done it recently. Um, when I ran the last couple games, like, God damn it, I'm bringing it back. So the other thing, it, kind of in that spirit of... Older school games, <coughs> excuse me. When you mentioned uh, AD and D, whatever, I used to. I, so back in the day, Sean, I've uh, bemoaned this before, uh, before, uh, where we we've said, hey, you know, it used to be, which is kind of the whole DCC thing, you know, basically you show up, run through the module, kill the monsters, take their stuff. And my play, the players that I have, will get into that if I tell them that's what we're going to do. Which is part of the reason the Session Zero is there. However, I have this tendency to try to make a bigger story out of everything. um, Instead of just being a very nuts and bolts, very basic adventure type of thing. It's a thing I've stopped doing and I don't know why other than in the back of my mind, I think it's because that adventure styling is weak, quote unquote, in Brett's brain. Like, oh no, 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 no. There's got to be more to it. There has to be this cool development opportunities and this, this, and this. And, um, it doesn't have to be that way. It's just, it's that very basic goblins are threatening the town. Take care of the goblins. You know, so-and-so is broken out of, you know, Star Prison 6. Go capture them in the whatever nebula. Go get them and bring them back. That's the adventure. There's no reason that I have to overcomplicate things. The simplicity of a very specific goal, a thing to go get and to do, um... I've kind of trained myself that those simple things are simple in the worst way instead of being easy and easy to understand, enjoyable, still a lot of fun, right? I, I like, you know, I like those things. There's no reason I shouldn't bring that back. And I have found if I lay it down for my players, say, look, I want to run a couple sessions of Sinister Secret of Salt Marsh. I want to run a session of whatever. If I tell them that, they're going to get into it. And when I do it, I have a lot of fun with it. But somewhere in my head, I keep thinking about those games like, oh, that wasn't as good as it could have been. If I'd have really blown it out into a bigger shattering campaign, it would have been way cooler. No, you don't have to be complicated for the game to be cool. It doesn't have to be intense. Which I think, when I look back and when I talked about how come we don't run more games like con games, that's one of the things that has been in my head since that discussion is, you know, those con games are one-shot events, and they're fucking fun. And even if you run a one-shot game for your group, to scratch that itch of the thing I'm not doing, the the simple go rescue the prince from the dragon or go, you know, capture the guy who escaped from Star Planet 7 or whatever, go get it. I think some of that w- is a lot of fun, and I need to stop assuming that it's too simple to be fun because that shit's fun. Make sense? I think so. Okay. What else have you got?
0: Well, I think uh, whatever we've listed for the last 200 episodes, I've stopped <laughs> doing all those things.
1: All the advice we've given you, stop All
0: the it. advice I've given you or had a stance on, all that I've changed. All right. No, that's not, that, that's not true. Hey, hey, settle down. I know. No, it's not true. Be, I'm pulling your leg, believe it or not. I would say Hmm other than the yes and or the huh what, um, I would say session zero has has taken kind of a back seat, but that's not I think that's just circumstantial. I don't think it's just me saying, well, I don't need a session zero, I'm not gonna do that anymore, because it just got in the way. Um I would say I think uh, a certain amount of expectation as I'm trying to convey what is going around the characters? So, I, so one thing I think, I'm not a big actual play. You ever watch actual play,
1: Brett? Watch it? No, I participate yeah. in I participate in actual play podcasts. Yes,
0: yes, Brett. We know you're like part of the all star <clears throat> podcast. blah blah blah.
1: The point is, I don't watch Matt Mercer and those folks. I don't watch but that.
0: Do you listen to any of them? No, not really. Probably not. No, I, and I'm I'm similar. Like I I've tried. I've listened to a few one-shot podcasts. That's got some some pretty decent ones in the past. I, I, I listen
1: have listened to, to Nights of to the Night. I gotta admit that Nights of the Night is good. I like that one. That's Tom Flanagan yeah. stuff. Yeah, like I've stuff. listened to
0: those guys. Um, but it's not it's not my thing. It's not. I mean, not my thing as in like everybody else's because it seems like everybody else is on that train. Oh, train! Did somebody say train? <laughs> um. But it's a good thing. It's getting a lot of exposure. And so one thing I was watching, actual some actual play, and I thought, you know, it probably, I think I watched it because I thought to myself, what can I glean off of this stuff?
1: What could like, I learn? What,
0: yeah, what can I learn? And, you know, Matt Mercer, he's a voice actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a pretty decent dungeon master. I mean, if he was a complete toad, he he probably wouldn't have the success that he has. So I thought, or even Perkins for that matter, or Burles, whatever. I mean, yep. some of them, you know, some people might like one over the other. Jeremy Crawford, whoever else, Monty. So it's like, what are they doing that I could probably incorporate into my game to be a better game master? So to me, it was more of a observation than I'm going to watch this for what's going to happen next. And I thought that one of the things that i will probably stop doing is just being kind of more of a flippant game master dungeon master where it's not i don't want to get into a very long narrative tirade like i don't want to get on top of the podium and you know monologue for three hours but but you don't want to do
1: it yeah it's a 10-foot room there's a chest in the corner it's
0: 10-foot room door you gotta get a door in front of you
1: what are you gonna do
0: what are you gonna do so there's a door in front of you you're down the hallway it's dark
1: I can tell you, I used to do that back in the day. That I think was, we all
0: did to some degree.
1: Yeah. I mean, I launch, I watched my son, AJ, and um, we played this last weekend. <clears throat> and he's 12, so he'll be running a game. He's like, yeah, there's a room, there's a door in the east and a door on the west. What do you guys want to do? Right. And my, my, my 10-year-old <laughs> daughter, who uh, loves description, likes writing stories, and everything, she's like, okay, AJ, I need more of a scene here. This is a quote. What exactly does the room look like? Is the ceiling different than the floor? Is the walls different? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that a girl. A so H is like, all right, hey, little
0: <clears throat> little overachiever. Yeah, she also doesn't want her brother to kill her, probably. <laughs>
1: so it, so he's just like, okay, let me explain. The room looks like, and he gives kind of just some better some better boundary perspectives. I used to do a thing in, in that vein where I would describe the room and say, oh yeah, by the way, there's a dragon in it. Like just kind of <laughs> <laughs> like like I always like this cheeky ha ha ha. Yeah, I thought you were safe. as a fucking dragon there. You're dead now. Uh, it was a very assholish thing to do. You used to do that, Brad? Oh, totally, yeah. Back in uh, second edition ADD and d days. And finally had a player, uh, Mike Hazy. God, I haven't seen or talked to Mike in ages. He said, Brett, are you fucking kidding me? You're really mean to say that the lich in the middle of the room, we didn't happen to notice that first, but I noticed the crenellations in the walls and the fact that there was, the paintings were shifted, funny, and the, the, the tapestries were hanging. There's a fucking lich standing directly in front of us. How did we not see that first? I'm like, oh yeah. So I stopped doing that and instead focus on the things that I'm positive they would see first glance. If there's a goddamn lich in the room or a dragon, there's a big fucking dragon. And the rest of the details fade away until such time as the players' characters actively engage with it. But I used to do that, and <clears throat> I thought it was a way to catch the players flat-footed, right? Because if I said, my the previous thing I would try to do, well, there's a dragon, and the room is blah, 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 blah. And then while I was describing the room, they'd be like, plan, 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 plan. Boom! Dragon's dead. Motherfucker. <clears throat> so it surprised them with a the big monster. Aha! I got you. That was a dick thing to do. And after Hazy called me out the time, like, all right, fine, I'm done doing that. And I don't do that anymore. Because I just I w- I was specifically doing it to try to get the players, insofar as, ha, ah, I got you, surprise, you didn't see the dragon. Now, fuck I didn't, dude. It's a big goddamn dragon, you know.
0: I think the other one that I'm I'm trying hard not to do is tell them anything after the
1: fact. Tell them anything after like I explained it once. If you didn't pay no, attention. No, 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 not that. Not no, that. okay, okay. <laughs> no.
0: Not that I I, I, get, I those always occur that's in, inevitable, but more or less more like the oh if you guys just knew this piece, if you would have just done it this way or, oh
1: after the fact after the fact
0: oh you know got three it's a it's a trial right room by room, they go through, they didn't do it the right way they they you know one one character's gotten killed, and the rest of them succeeded, but if they only had tackled it in this particular manner. They would have never been touched. I never tell them that. Like, oh, yep. Okay. Well, if you'd had a left handed
1: halfling, you never would have had this problem. Yeah. Or if you (laughs) would have just
0: went into the room like this, you would have been just fine. Nope. 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 Like sometimes they'll poke. They'll be like, is this what, you know, what if we did it this way? Would that have mattered? I'm like, that, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I don't know. It's situational. I don't know. There is, I I think. Oh, what? <clears throat> I think the piece of that is that I'm trying, <laughs> I, I like what you're saying, because it's kind of, I think we're both saying this, which is, I'm trying not to out-clever the players. Right. <clears throat> if a thing is set up, and they make it, and they do exactly, they have brought a left-handed halfling, oh my god, you have a left-handed halfling, and he goes That's through, and he leads you through the adventure, which is part of the Tomb of Annihilation, spoilers. Um, no, it's not. not maybe, maybe it is. You don't maybe know. Maybe it is. get there. Know. Pack a left-handed okay, so All I I'm guess saying, so. left-handed to. I guess you'll just have to plane it. Exactly. Right. And the only way to ensure you have a left-handed halfling is to cut off his right arm. That is for sure.
0: There is no question about that. Let
1: me give me give me your damn character sheet. <laughs> anyway. Right arm is missing. Oh, shit. Uh, yep. You're indeed left-handed. So if you're trying to out-clever the players in order to fuck them in some way, Right. Ah, got you. I set up the death trap of hell and you didn't know there's a dragon and you didn't realize blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> it's the I, th- I think we're what we're talking about is like the descriptions and how we're going about things, trying not to lord something over. That was a thing I used to do. And I definitely don't do it anymore because I think it's just asshole DMing. So I don't like doing that.
0: Yeah, I had my years of that. I mean, I'm kind of over it, like, you know, party in last week chasing women <laughs> like I just I got over that in my you know mid-20s I'm done you with
1: know, that you know a thing I don't that I should I should bring out you do this a lot and I don't is I have a tendency every time I read and I probably have mentioned this before I'm positive I had I buy an adventure and I never run the damn thing I'm yes. not gonna run I'm gonna make up my own I'm gonna make my own content buying an adventure and running it is weaker so, compared then, to making my own. Then why some, do you
0: buy him, you knucklehead? Yeah,
1: so that's the thing is I keep, <laughs> I keep I keep I grab one. I'm like, I'm gonna run this. I'm totally gonna run this. Totally. I read it, and then I start running it halfway through. Like, ah, I don't need this. I throw it aside. he becomes so much just detritus laying in the in the corner that's of my room.
0: The Sean pile. <sighs> that's so, the Sean. On, here's so a throw chunk Throw him point. on over, man. I'll no, take serious, him right. I,
1: up. I have a I have a thing. That when I look at a game, when I look at a pre-published adventure for the most part, is I, I see it. I'm not running them because I think they're not as good as what I could make myself. And Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But I Ooh. think <clears throat> there's no reason, if I buy it, to say, hey, I want to run it and to really give it a go and, and give it a shot and you know see what I can do with it. I just tend not to do it. And I stopped doing it ages back. When I watched the players in my group, this is an old high school problem. Read the adventure, and then fuck with the game master. Oh, oh put, they do I, that? I, yeah, I push all three. I push all three pillars in at once. How did what? you know that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, your brother ran this adventure? Well, maybe. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Really? You know? Oh, it's oh, a zoo. God. I need to do the da 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 da. What that what you something. never met this before? It's a new monster. <laughs> oh, I I don't know. Somebody Dude. started hey, somebody started pulling that
0: shit on me. Some I know. I had, a, girl, I had a
1: girlfriend a number of years, ages yeah. back, vampire. I did something, and she said, That's not in your notes out loud at the game. <laughs> and I said, What? How do you know what's in my notes? And she looked at me and said I, I guessed. <laughs> like what? <clears throat> so I i stopped writing I stopped writing some of this stuff down I stopped Running the adventures Because I was Concerned that if it wasn't my own creation One it wasn't as going to be as good You know the pre-published thing can't possibly be as good As what I'm doing for whatever reason Which is just flat out hubris um, And the other piece was I, I was worried that somebody was going to read it And now I'm like whatever If I said hey I'm going to run Queen of the Demon Web Pits I bet you I could get a ton of men and women who'd be like I'll play that again and again would be the operative word. They're like, I fucking did, I died, I'll do it again. Nobody would reread it. Even if they did, they wouldn't care. The people I game with now would not give a fuck. They would just sit down and play, and we'd have a blast. And go, wow, I made it five rooms in le- farther than I did last time. Tee-hee. That would be the end of it. I'm so, to, I'm <clears> think I to think I think that's just the this this view and this vision I have. I don't run the pre published stuff, and I think I need to do it because. I read some of them like, damn, this is pretty good. But for I have a block in my head that I shouldn't do it, and I I just need to get over that.
0: I cannot remember when I was running and what I was running, and how I'm like, wait a minute, these that that guy that guy knows the adventure. He totally knows. Totally knows, and I cannot. I'm trying to think because it it's probably been a while because I haven't run in a long time. And it wasn't, I don't think it was with you, Brett. I don't think it was with Steve or any of those guys, but I'm like, I was running something and it, yeah, they just happened to be like cued in a lot of the subtleties that just, this is, no, it's, it's.
1: It was way too on the nose to be, way to be too, pure guesswork.
0: Way too much on the nose for somebody who's never been through the adventure. And then I think I think they might have admitted it. I don't know if it was Steve or something. Yeah, I can't remember. Maybe I, maybe I was playing in it and somebody was doing that. I don't know. Whatever. So, I so what else have you got?
1: Anything else? No, that you don't, that you don't do, that you like. Even if you look mm-hmm. at it, and say I'll never do. Is there any of those things you like? Hey, I'm not gonna do.
0: Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. I I think the big ones I've already hit upon now. At this I think part of this is people that can answer this question or come up with two or three things real must realize that that's part of them learning and growing
1: that's what I attribute it to Brett uh, we're, I, we're, we're growing absolutely i it's this is the we've talked I've, I mentioned this before and you and I have talked about this with a number of different topics over the past two hundred and five episodes now <clears throat> some of this is just it's an introspection thing into Look at your hobby, how you're doing, and whatever. If you don't try to learn and grow, either through listening to us and finding out where we're wrong and then just doing the opposite of th- everything we say, which is probably get you farther in life. Um, <clears throat> but you got to take a look at what it is that you're doing and what's working and what's not. Robin Law said that, and Robin's Laws to uh, Good Game Mastering, that little pamphlet that he put out years back under Steve Jackson's. Um, banner basically if you're do- if everyone's at your tables having fun i 'm going to paraphrase you're doing it right however let 's take a look <clears throat> and see what we can learn by breaking things down there's a um there's a thing that i um there's a thing that I do because of doing that right i let I know when certain players are having fun planning i've watched my group just really hardcore want to plan. I know some people are like oh they're hearing this they're going what madness is this Brett well the madness is this they fucking dug it they want to sit down and figure out how they're going to do a thing and they plotted and they schemed and they planned and they pulled data together they did all, that was fun for them <clears throat> I used to stop anything that I thought was boring because I'm like if it was boring for me as the game master it must be boring for the players as well and through doing this type of basically internal exercise and talking to other gamers and stuff I'm like wait a minute they're having fun doing that there's no reason i can't let them have fun look right i'm a player at the table too i'm the game master so um how do i engage with their planning and their plotting that they're having fun with so i would watch my group you know i'd have at, the, at my heyday i had like 13 vampire players all sitting in a room just like oh my god what are we gonna do with this and then i would pipe up and say well remember that's not what the prince said two nights ago oh <gasps> Shit, that's right and then we go oh my god la, 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 la. and so that was my fun i would just throw data false information new lies new new straight data whatever it was to to get them so i was part of the planning component of it so they would turn to me and say hey do i remember what the queen said do i remember what the you know the the knight said over here or whatever it was so we would have that discussion but that was a thing i used to not do because of thinking about these type of things you know, I, I used to stop. Excuse me. I used to do. I used to stop anything that I thought was not fun, and instead tried to better learn how to read the room, which is a crazy hard skill to to develop. And I'm obviously no master at it by any stretch. It's it's tough. But when I see the when you can see people obviously having fun, try not to stomp on it, even if it's a little bit on the boring side. of you figure out how to engage in the fun, but I only figured that out through thinking about this stuff and, and talking it over with people. So that's kind of why I figured it'd be worth bringing this up. Anything else, man? I think I might have one more. <laughs> no, no,
0: I think that's it. Think
1: you I, sure? Yeah, I'm laughing because I,
0: I think I locked my two
1: cats in the laundry room. <laughs> you locked your two cats? Lo- I see you staring off to one side.
0: My, uh, wife, my wife is over to my left. She's like glaring at me, pointing at me, yelling at me
1: oh like they're they're it's a big
0: room ladies and gentlemen it's not <laughs>
1: i'll tell you what the other thing that i have not done is i have not played a standard D game in forever and by that i mean rules as written oh god if it has without doing some sort of a tweak or a tuning of the system. Like, hey, Rangers don't have spells. Hey, this cl- class operates slightly differently. These spells don't exist. Which I think is one of the reasons that I've been drawn back to some of my. Uh, I, I like Greyhawk and even the first edition for Ant Realms. Is because those worlds are set up to take, in my opinion anyway, they're set up to take full advantage of the system as it's designed. Wish spells, time stop. All that crazy-ass high-powered magic that normally I don't get into. And I don't do it because, for whatever reason, I still don't know quite why, I don't see it as being as much fun. I tend to think, again, not quite sure why, but the lower street-level, grittier, grimier magic is more fun, more meaty for some reason. And I think I should, if I think back on it, I had a lot of fun. I think I'm learning this through the eyes of my kids because I'm listening to AJ saying... Wouldn't it be fun to fight a Tarasque? Wouldn't it be really fun if I could ever fight a huge ancient red dragon? Wow, that'd be, oh my God, my character would have to be so, oh wow, that's, that's a goal I have. And now I look back I look back on that and I'm like, I had that same feeling in high school. I wanted to have a character that was tough enough to do something. And the only way to do that, you know, was kind of break out all the stops. And I, for whatever reason to this day, I, I or I should say up, up till this day, I look at that like ah, that's not as much fun. That's too easy or some I don't know. I'm making I, I, easy is not the right word, but I'm not playing that game un you know unbridled, unfettered. Let's so like fucking do it, man. Just go in there. If it's high magic, so be it. If it's too big for it's if the magic is too big and powerful for what I'm used to now, whatever, man. I had a lot of fun doing that back in the day, and I, there's no reason it couldn't be just as much fun now. I just need to get my brain geared into it. That's the only other one I got. All right, then. So, folks, I think um, if you've got stuff that you've stopped doing, that you stopped for a damn good reason, or you stopped like, you know what, I should fucking do that again. Maybe I should try that again. Maybe things have changed since that time to now. Um, Write in, call in, let us know. Because as Ryota said, it's difficult sometimes to think back on it. You know, what don't you have? What aren't you doing and um, we had a couple that I knew Sean and I would come up with, but it's it's difficult as you start talking about this stuff to think about what you quit, you know. So, anyway, write in. Let us know what you think.
0: Yeah, and it might be everything the opposite. You could like I, stopped,
1: I stopped saying yes
0: and. I stopped being a pushover I, and letting the players do what they want.
1: <laughs> I, stopped, I stopped being nice. I just went back to my early on adversarial dickhead approach to life. I stopped. Stop letting them go off the rails. Exactly. Cool. Alright, man. Let's All move right. it on. Let's get into
0: die roll. Die roll. All
1: right, Brett. All right, I've only got one. Uh Invisible Sunbackers. Um the the book, The Key, is now available in PDF. I got a note in uh my inbox that said, Hey, Money Cook Games says that uh, you asked for it, and we made it for you as a free bonus. You've told us that having the key in PDF would greatly enhance your Visible Sun experience, and so we created it, but only for you, the backers and pre-order customers of Visible Sun, as an extra thank you to your support. Oh, that's great for everybody else, Brett. Yeah, I don't care about everybody else. So, okay. um, to other <laughs> people, that's the thing. I, that's the thing I used to do that I stopped. Oh, oh, okay. caring about people aren't in my circle. That's the thing. I see. <laughs> Maybe I should do that again. Huh? Anyway, I wanted to call it out because if, if you're like me and you spent a substantial amount of money on the Kickstarter and you didn't see that for some reason, I thought it was kind of helpful because that was the one piece when I looked at the game system itself that I was quite frankly pretty disappointed with. I'm like, wait a minute, you're not going to give me PDFs of some of this crap because I don't. it'd be easier to print things from there by far. So it sounds like they uh, Monty and the team heard and are going to do that. So anyway, I want to call it out for any other Invisible Sun folks out there. Sean, what do you got?
0: Okay. Geek Tank Games. Tabletop tokens. So if you're using a virtual tabletop or Roll20, you know, equivalent Fantasy Grounds, you'll want to check out Geek Tank Games. Tabletop tokens. It's good stuff, ladies and gents. Uh, Second one. Jay Robinson has a cool... Free D&D 5E reference sheets. I got this saved. I'm going to print off a few. It tells you all kinds of the different movement types. I mean, so if you've got fresh players at the table or even uh, veterans, probably could use these actually, and they're free. So shout out to Jay for putting those out and putting them together, and they're all nice and tidied and cool looking.
1: That is very cool looking
0: uh number three for me this week shut up and sit down blog reviews torchbearer so i have torchbearer i think i'm gonna sell torchbearer Nah, uh, you know it's not it's just not a game i'm not i'm getting to somebody else may be able to it uh thor also has he's the one that had put it out but if you're interested in knowing more about it there's a review so you know not everything is there's different games out there ladies and gents Check that out if you want to know more about Torchbearer. Number four, and my last one of the week, is MonsterForge.org, paper miniature creator by Matthias. Or is it Matthias?
1: Matthias, most likely.
0: Matthias. N. Last initial N. You know, I know so, a
1: number of people apart, um, that do uh, paper minis. You know, Paper Crafter, old school GM and stuff. Um, they do a lot of this stuff, and it's kind of.
0: Humphrey did it for a little <clears throat> while.
1: Yep, it's kind of neat. It's it's a really inexpensive way to have packable minis. That if you accidentally crush one, you're like, oh, I'll just print out five more goblins. <laughs> a lot easier.
0: Hish graphics. Hish used is used to done has done him. Hish is he's an artist, so I think he did some paper miniatures that you could. I guess you could buy. I don't know if he put them out for free or if they were free or for purchase. Wayne just, I think, printed off somebody's and was using them. That's what. But yeah, they can come in handy, and some are pretty cool looking.
1: Sweet. Yeah. So I think that's it. I agree. I think that is it. Next week. So. Now. No, we yeah. were we were gonna have um, we were gonna talk with um, we we're gonna talk high magic. We we're gonna have Christian, sexy voice, Serrano, and Wayne Palladian on this week but schedules did not mix so we ended up talking about this other thing instead <clears throat> which I think turned out to be a lot trickier topic than I thought it would be anywho um, we are definitely planning for episode 206 to come back and talk high magic which of course having those two gents on will mean bonus Eberron discussion because that was kind of the thing that started the whole discussion so anyway we'll be back doing that next week
0: well all right then there you have it ladies and gentlemen this one is all wrapped up Finished. I'm Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Good night and good game
0: and all. This episode of Gaming and BS brought to you with the help from the following BSers Joe Swick, Brett's biggest fan, Forrester Gary, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Eric Jefferson, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Remy Billado; Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Brandon Barnes, Dan Lavalley; C.W. Mellencamp, Lost Sailor, misdirected mark productions jason christopher gray penolf merkel froilich Eileen barnes tony sugarloaf baker todd crapper with static alexander auerbach neil benson chris Steele, eric hoffman kyle winter christopher lang curtis takahashi mark Saka, larry Hout, ray otis ron bishop craig huber xavier g jv john hammersley the closet gamers john steve jared rasher mark richmond thomas hook chad Gleeman, sky roger brasslett evan harrison cass craig Howard Bishop, Jim Fitzpatrick, Peter Skanes, Josh Wallace, Corey Welch, Eli Kurtz, Petiri Turtianen, Edwin Nagy, Bruce Cunnington, Aaron Coleman, Tim Short, Stefan Dragonspawn, Aogonice, A- 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 Aogonice, A- A- God, I cannot get your name. <laughs> Roll for Guild, Gordon Cranford, Eric Saulsweedle, Kevin Lovecraft, Matt Cyberlick, Jack Neller, Robert Nemeth, Eric Bontz, Palladian, Ron Blessing, Brian Kurtz, the Knights of the Night crew, and Laramie Wall. On ways to support the show, head over to gamingandbs.com forward slash support dash us. Thanks, BSers! This, this has been a Litterbox Box Studio production. Studio. production.